While he will always be known for the short story that inspired the movie Rashomon, his second short story, The Nose, is actually what launched him into fame. Let's talk about this short story and break it down today. Hana. All right, welcome <laughs> to the Codex Cantina, where I am Una. And I am working on my Japanese crypto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if Hana. you are new to the Codex Cantina, we go deep into the literature that we read. Today, we are covering The Nose by Ryunosuke Akutagawa. If you are down for literature discussions and breakdowns, please consider hitting that subscribe button to join us. And as always, we start off with publication information. The Nose, or Hana, was published in 1916, and his second short story, it was discovered by Natsumi Soseki, which was recommended to be published in another magazine with a higher circulation, which helped get a kickstart to Akutagawa's career. And this is based on a 13th century Ujishui Monogatari story. We're not going to go into details on the comparisons between that today, just focusing on this. Now, in terms of themes, something to take note of is the hero's journey. Yes, not commonly applied to this story, but it fits perfectly. The hero's journey is where the hero has a goal. Right? They want to get that holy grail, and there's usually a dragon in the way that they have to slay. But the hero's journey isn't always about necessarily getting the dragon or getting the holy grail. Sometimes they learn something along the way, and they realize they had a different goal all along. That's this story. Our hero wanted to—he thought his goal was to have a shorter nose. That wasn't his goal at all. That, that's a failed hero's journey. His real goal— was to fit into society. So let's break that story down with that in mind, along with some of the failed religious symbology in this. Very interestingly well done. And what would the Codex Cantina video be without some floral and tree analysis? Let's, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> yeah, this definitely is the story of all stories for acceptance. So in terms of plot, everyone in town had heard of Zenji Naigu's gigantic and long nose. <laughs> <laughs> Zenji is haunted by the reaction to his nose and can't stand even hearing the word nose in conversation. <laughs> Soon a disciple returns with an alleged cure for a long nose. <laughs> They boil and mash his nose, only missing sticking it in a stew, and Zenji soon finds his nose has shrunken to normal size. However, more so than usual, he faces ridicule in town as people will now openly laugh at him, making him feel sad. He begins straying from his religious duties and obsesses over his nose. When one day his nose returns to its original size, Zenji is happy once more. End plot. <laughs> the great little story. I love it. It is. It is. I think that I think that last part kind of throws a lot of students. You know, like if you're if you're newer to breaking down literature and you're like, wait, why is he happy? We gotta talk about this failed journey. I think that says a lot about you as an individual more than anything, being a, a young reader or even an old reader of this that says a lot about yourself of, wait a minute, why would he be happy if his nose went back to normal when he hated it at the beginning of the story? You got to read closely, right? So we have quotes like this where he says, he could accept the practical inconvenience of having a long nose, but the loss of dignity on account of it was intolerable. So we start to see that even here, very subtly, the issue is not the nose. The issue is his loss of dignity, the way he is treated or feels as a result of the nose. And you'll notice in the beginning of the story, he doesn't get a lot of, a ton of direct 
assault on his nose. It's he's reading between the lines that he knows what people are thinking. He knows what people are thinking. (laughs) (laughs) See what you did there. He is aware. (laughs) He is aware what people are thinking of his nose, and that's his issue. Is he wants to be accepted? not that his nose is long. Yeah, exactly. It's perception of everything. And and that's something just being human is that we we always are looking at how are people perceiving us? Are they looking at it this way? What are they looking at? What are they staring at? Is this right? And you're always doing the same thing to other people all at the same time. And then what do you do one step further is you compare what you think people are looking about at you to what you are looking of them and make a comparison between the each of you. Here we are a hundred years later and we still see this in movies like where a character has a zit and then it zooms in and it's like gigantic and way bigger than what it was before. Here you have Akutagawa doing that with that scene where he's like looking in the mirror and it's like getting even bigger and he's becoming more obsessed with what he thinks other people see when they look at him. I think our society is even worse than what he wrote back then of think of Snapchat and all the filters we have on our phones from taking pictures. We're even more obsessed with what others will perceive of us. And it's worth pointing out that his nose isn't the only lookism in this short story. We have the people came to see the temple of town, not because of the religion, and religion is an element that we're going to get to in the story. Zenji doesn't see others, he sees their noses. Again, judging based on a particular feature on a person. We have Zenji looking at old, famous religious figures and looking to see, did any of them have big noses? Like, am I the only one that had a huge nose like this? Like, that part, <laughs> that part was kind of humorous to me, right? Uh, but, but it's the idea of judging people of what you are, what you have, instead of who you are as a person. Well, I think this is the same thing that we see a lot of times in other artistry, not just writing, but also in painting and sculptures, where you have the artist that will depict something in a particular way, like we have in Christianity to kind of compare the religion is they will take the Jesus figure and they will make him look more like the Europeans to mm. try to make that close association. And I think that the same thing is happening here in this story is he's looking for that acceptance in his religion of, well, if they, mm. if my gods or my leaders or my my priest or my pastor or whoever looks like me or does the same thing I do, then I can accept it maybe more. It's that group mentality. I think someone just earned an A on their paper. <laughs> so, yes. so so soon the disciple comes out and he's like, hey, man, I got a cure for your nose. And they, they, <laughs> so boil, they boil it, they stamp on it, which is kind of funny. But this is literally a stand in for finally being picked on a form of bullying where finally he's giving permission for people to call out how he looks different. And now that his nose is shortened and he's given permission for people to finally bully him and release their own feelings, that's when he finally starts to see people let go and actually laugh at him because they think it is okay now that his nose is normal. They can finally release their inner feelings, right? And this is a a very deep, brilliant point by Akutagawa. Oh, agreed. This is something that we start to look inside of ourselves, and as soon as it is accepted, then we're like, wait a minute, it wasn't a big deal, and then people will start treating you different. And I think this is the quote of the story, right? Because you're wondering, what's the purpose of these scenes? Why are we stamping on this? Why is he allowing the bullying, the laughing at his nose, and why is he looking up? And there's a very specific translation I'll call out here where they say, Although his itching nose was being trampled on, it was comfortable rather than a painful situation. And I saw this translated a couple different ways, but in in my translation, that's a very clear way that this guy is dealing with something here, right? But this is all leading to this this brilliant observation of humanity by Akutagawa, right? 
In the hearts of people, there are two conflicting interests. Of course, anybody can sympathize with the misfortune of another. However, when another person can somehow overcome his misfortune, we feel unsatisfied. To exaggerate just a little, we wish for that person to regain his misfortune once more. We usually feel ambiguous about this, but on occasion, they embrace a certain animosity towards that person. Holy cow, is that a truth nugget for some people right there? Yeah, that one's going to hit home hard for some people. While I think the main theme, of course, is acceptance of oneself, it is that you are so jealous of what you don't have. And I know that I'm personally, you know, guilty of this. I look, you know, at some people, you know, that work out and stuff and I see like, man, why can't my abs look like that? It just, and it, it really does say something about how we are so envious of other people's specific vanities. It really is true. And even beyond just the individualistic feelings, that is a a sociological thing too, where there are studies that show that when people start to rise up in poverty levels, if they start to make more money, they will sometimes sabotage themselves, have friends that kind of plant seeds of doubt, all with the intent of making sure that the other person doesn't rise up in status. This is human nature through and through, and it's terrifying. And I think things like this are contagious as well, right? I mean, it's that idea of that... If I am low, then you are low, and we can be seen as equals. And that's where the nose comes in, is that he just wants to feel equal to all these other people, but his nose is different. It's something he should be proud of, and he doesn't have that until the very end of the story. And I think that's that's hitting the hero's journey mishap on the head. He had the wrong goalpost. He thought the goalpost yes. was, I needed the shorter nose. No. The goalpost was he wanted to be accepted by his countrymen. And that's when he finally realizes that at the end what he needed to do, do was be more accepting of himself and his his treasures, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's something that it takes a long time. And if you haven't maybe accepted things about yourself when reading this story, as we said kind of the beginning, you might not understand why he feels good about having his old nose back is because... There are, you know, issues that we all have that we have to accept about ourselves. I'm going to be five six forever. <laughs> all right, let's move into the religious part of this story. That is something that is clearly implanted and clearly Buddhist that I think maybe some Westerners aren't totally familiar with. Buddhism, I, I can't sum that up in one sentence, but for what you need from this story, you need to understand that you have to let go of worldly obsessions and you need to walk down kind of like a... There's like the Eightfold Path. There's a lot of different ways to explain it, but you need to move towards the idea of rebirth and giving up worldly obsessions because the world is suffering, right? And the way that you do that is letting go. It's through meditation. That's it's kind of a very 101 Buddhism training, right? Yes, that's good. That was pretty good for one sentence, actually. <laughs> so after a gap of many years, he at that moment recognized the same relief he had felt when he had completed the austerities required for his transcription of the lengthy Lotus Sutra of his sect. Yeah, what I think this leads to is that he's definitely having problems with his religious duties and his religious faith here. And we have a quote from the story that kind of encapsulates this. With his head cocked on one side, interrupting the sutra he was chanting, he would mutter to himself. He's getting distracted. His nose is becoming all that matters to him. Instead of focusing on the divine, he's focusing on a worldly obsession, breaking away from his religious duties, right? Which I think is and a he's little, suffering. 
which is a, exactly the world is suffering and that's what he is doing as a result. And we have another great quote that kind of supports this from the story that I love. Making my nose short is probably why I got sick, he muttered, touching his nose as reverently as if he was offering incense in front of a statue of Buddha. Yeah. So we have him in a religious duty treating his nose and interrupting his religious studies. Very well done from, from Akutagawa. Very impressed with that. Now the ending, I think the, the thing that most people are questioning is why is he happy acceptance he finally realizes that i'm okay with his big nose or what i've given maybe even just not focusing on worldly items too from like the buddhist perspective right sure not focusing on one's you know physical vanity and appearance and just saying you know what i am what i am i've got to love me everybody else will love me if i love me too all right i gotta do it i gotta do my floral analysis you ready for this one (laughs) i'm ready for it (laughs) the next morning the nose woke up early as usual and the ginkgo trees and horse chestnut trees covering the temple grounds had all dropped their leaves overnight. Ginkgo trees, crypto, what do they mean? Tell me what they mean. I don't know. Tell me what they mean. So ginkgo (laughs) trees... Teach me. You're like a herbologist over here. (laughs) Ginkgo trees are typically symbols of hope and vitality. Okay. And the chestnut trees? Chestnut trees are a turning point in one's life. Oh, This happened right as he woke up and experienced his normal nose again. So he's getting the turning point in his life as the horse chestnut trees fall down, leaves fall off, and the ginkgo tree, hope and vitality, he's getting his nose back and finally recovering his internal strength to face the world that he needs to. And now he knows everything's going to be okay. (laughs) I had to get one in there too. (laughs) I knows what you did there. Okay. (laughs) If you guys enjoyed today's conversation, leave like a nose or face emoji like that. We'd appreciate some of the support. We will put a playlist down below for all of our Ryunosuke Akutakawa talks. Now, Crypto, what are you going to rate the story on a subjective rating? Uh, Subjective rating, pretty solid story. I I loved it. Um, I love the point of it. There's a lot of subtle nuances here that I think you miss if you don't know the stuff about the religion and obviously the trees and flowers and whatnot. Maybe just a little bit about Asian culture overall. Uh, so I'm just going to give it a solid seven. Okay. Analytically, though, whew, this is deep, right? There's a lot here. Uh, I would say maybe like a nine. It's yep. it's really good. So somewhere in, in between a seven and a nine. Yeah, I think Akutagawa is quickly becoming... In my eyes, one of the strongest analytical short story writers that has ever lived. He is incredible at packing in religious. He he puts those tree ones in there. You know I'm going to love those. You know, he's got these insights into our humanity. Just such a brilliant man. I'm so glad that this is not going to be this. While this is our third story by him, I knows it won't be our last story by him. So I'll just Uh. say that. uh, all right i'll give this this, is great this is good i'll give this one an 8.5 overall really enjoyed it yeah um, amazing story he's like the japanese tolstoy right yeah yeah i I can see that comparison actually well all right guys if you enjoyed today's conversation please consider hitting that subscribe button we post videos two to three times a week every monday and thursday with a bonus video on tuesdays una out peace